How many of you grew up on the tortoise and the hare? How many grew up on that story? And what we loved, you didn't get to see the full thing about it, but we are starting a new series this morning called Pace. And um, the interesting thing about it is, is in, you know, if you never really got to know that story as a kid, you won't know this, but the, the, there was a race that was going on, and the, the tortoise definitely had, had the speed advantage. He definitely came out of the gate, or not, the, um, yeah, the, the hare definitely had the speed advantage, and, and, and he came out of the gate thinking that he was going to beat the tortoise. But what I love about the tortoise is that he took the time to rest and to set his pace so that he constantly had the movement, so he, con- so he didn't wear himself out. And so we're going to be starting that series today. It's a three-part uh, kind of series, just some, a set of conversations that I'm going to be having. Josh is going to be spending some time with us next week. And then um, the following week, either Pastor Stephen or I will be fi- finishing that up. And then just something for you to look forward to at the end of this month, we're going to be doing our At The Movies. Um, and this year, we're super excited about our movie. Um, it's Wonder this year, and um, it's just really awesome. Um, Pastor Stephen is, he's very, very excited about how, you know, just the, um, just how it's evolving and, and, and that is a service that we do, um, encourage you to, it's an outreach service. Um, there isn't any worship, but we just kind of pick apart the God principles in a movie and, um, he does a fabulous job. We've been doing it for about three or four years now. And so that's coming up at the very end of this month, but we are jumping, like I said, into this um, series called Pace for the next couple weeks. I know school has started back. Any, all, I see a couple teenagers in here. How many of you are feeling the 7 a.m. alarm going off? You know what I mean? A little, a couple people look tired. Um, you know, we had, we had Caleb, um, on Friday and he had football practice and by the time we always go to slice on Friday and by the time we got to slice he was sound asleep in the back of the car and so um, and typically he's good for another two or three hours sometimes and so um, I, I know that the that the that the schedules have shifted you know Christmas is five minutes from now um, all you moms beware and and so the the schedule has shifted and I, I, I know this just from you know, living life, is that the time between September and December is a very busy season. It's a very busy season. We've now stepped into school, and um, how many of you have, they have a lot of markings on them, and there's a lot of things going on, and we have sports that have started up, and all the extracurricular activities, and honestly, just even if you don't have a student, sometimes it can just seem that it gets darker earlier, and so the day doesn't seem as long for you to get things done. You could pull weeds before at eight o'clock and now you have to come home and it's getting darker and so you don't have that much time. So our days are shrinking, which seems like our time is, is shorter and we need to get things done faster. And so I want to caution us. Um, this series is something that God has, um, it's a personal series for me because I'm not talking to you, I'm talking with you and hopefully through the spirit of God because he's um, in the, even in the middle of just doing a work in me and what that looks like, and having his pace. And so um, I just want to encourage you. I'm asking that you would just open up your hearts to this series. Many times when we hear the word pace, automatically um, we think that um, someone has no idea what schedule you have. You're like, yeah, you can slow down, but I can't. Or you don't clock in, you know, but I do. I have to be to work at 7, and and you don't have little kids anymore, and so you have no idea what my life looks like. So this isn't a comparison pace. This is the Holy Spirit talking to you about your pace and what that looks like for you because we're not going to compare, but we are going to be sensitive because he does want to do a work in all of us. Amen? All of us, to be honest with you, we're doing something we probably shouldn't be doing that's occupying our schedule. Just a heads up, and I'm not telling you what that is. I just want you to know that the Holy Spirit does want to talk to you. 
and give you some wisdom and give you some guidance. I'm going to read a couple portions of scripture in Luke um, chapter 10. It's a very familiar portion of scripture if you've grown up hearing the word of God at all. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 40, um, if you'll allow me, I'm going to go ahead and read those portions of scripture from three different translations. They're all, um, if you want to go to your app on your phone, on Coast Family Church, um, and you can go to your app there, the three different versions are there. I'm going to read first out of the Amplified Version, then out of the Passion Translation Version, and then out of the Message Translation. And there's just some verbiage that I want you to hear and want you to get that are all different versions. And so we're going to go ahead and start um, right here in the Amplified in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities, and she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. Go ahead and um, go down to your Passion Translation. And Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, and they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. And Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated by the finishing the numerous household chores and preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. And the Lord answered, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Are they really that important? And Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Last, thank you for being patient. The message translation. And as they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. <clears throat> and a woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on to every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing over far too much and getting yourself all worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It is the main course, and it won't be taken from her. Father God, we are asking, as a body, as an individual, that you would open up your word to us by your spirit, that you would teach us things, and that we would open up our heart to be changed and be rearranged, that we would not just be hearers only of your word, but we would let your word reveal to us the areas because you know that you give your word for correction and instruction and revelation that we might glorify you in everything that we do. For that is the reason we exist, is to be a representation of who you are and to give you glory. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, 
Amen. <clears throat> With that being said, I do want to say what this series is not. Just a couple disclaimers. This series is not an excuse to be lazy. This does not mean that you should not have a job. This does not mean that we don't ever put in extra hours or even mean that we don't have seasons that require more from us than other seasons. There's a couple verses that lend to this truth. One is in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. It says this, The one who stays on the job has food on the table, and the witless chase whims and fancies. And Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4, it says, The slacker wants it all and ends up with nothing, but the hard worker ends up with all that he longed for. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24 says this, The diligent find freedom in their work, and the lazy are oppressed by work. Obviously that you can see that God values hard work. In another portion of scripture, he says, the man who doesn't work is worse than an infidel. So we know here that God does value work. But there's something, it's not work. I find that even Jesus himself did both. We find in the scriptures in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, I don't see Jesus doing nothing. I see him ministering and teaching the word and laying hands on the sick. And not only that, he fed 5,000 two different times. So there wasn't idleness we do see that Jesus had things that the Father told him to do because he even said in his own word, I, I only do what the Father tells me to do, which means that he was doing something. He was just doing what the Father told him to do. We also see that Jesus went away in times of seclusion, in times of rest. So I want to let you know that the word pace is not just one thing. It's not no work and just rest. It's not either or, it's both. And the important thing is that we find out what both looks like for us because we know that one is necessary. We have no expectations of ourselves to wake up on a daily basis and to sit at home and just do nothing. That would not even be God's plan for our life. But what is the pace of God for our life? I could pose this question to ourselves. Wonder if we could just kind of look for a moment, not think of anyone else, but kind of look at inwardly for just a moment and ask ourselves this own question. Is the enemy of peace, could the enemy of our very own peace be our pace? Are we trying, you know, I know sometimes um, the funny thing about a believer is the moment that you get saved doesn't mean that you're healthy. It just means you're saved. Right? So you could walk around a saved believer, sick in your body, sick in your mind, and, and, and emotionally unwell. Saved does not do that to you. Just the knowledge of the word is what rearranges and changes you. And so I'm wondering, sometimes you meet Christians, believers and unbelievers, how many of you have met a Christian, and you talk to them, and they say, oh my gosh, my life is just crazy. I'm just so overwhelmed. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Anybody met a believer like that? And they're still searching for peace. They're looking for calmness. They're looking for peace. But it's interesting to me because the Prince of Peace dwells within them. They're trying to get something outwardly that already lives within them. And we've got to see, is the, is the peace that we're missing the pace of our life? Because if he lives in us, then we pull from within. But if we disobey what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, then we're dishonoring the peace of God if you don't have any. Because he is that. I read recently in an article a couple signs that you might be too busy if. I have listed six. And if you just look at me and your neighbor doesn't see you smile, then they won't know you're guilty of it. And you can just know it by yourself, except for me, because I'll be looking at all your faces. Um, number one, you might be too busy if you have an inability to control your emotions. Sometimes out of control emotions 
These are on the app as well. Sometimes out-of-control emotions reflect the out-of-control demands that we put upon ourselves. Out-of-control emotions. Number two, you might be too busy if you lack self-care. If you skip showers, you might be too busy. That's gross. I'm just being honest. We don't go to bed dirty at our house. We go to bed clean. And it's one of Pastor Stephen's things. It's one of his isms. Um, he doesn't understand why people wash their sheets and then go to bed dirty. If you have clean sheets, then you would go to bed clean. That would keep your sheets clean, even though we wash them. I'm just saying. You, you, and, and one of the things that also, you, we, you might be too busy if you stay in your jammies all day. You, you, you might be too busy if dinner qualifies for a coffee and a Snickers. Because you don't have time to eat proper nutrition. You might be too busy. You might be too busy. This is the, so I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is the area that I struggle in and that I'm a work in progress. I would say that I'm 85%. I think, did I say 85 last time? 80, 80. I would say I'm 85% better in this area than I was maybe 10, 5, 10 years ago. Chronically, you might be too busy if you're chronically late. Here's an interesting thing. It's a crazy cycle. Here's why you're chronically. It's a crazy cycle of trying to be all things to all people, and we end up disappointing everyone. And the root of chronic lateness for me and myself is really pride. The idea that I can meet your need and meet your need and meet your need makes me think that I'm worth something. And if I have worth in the fact that you need me, makes me think that I'm spreading myself far too thin. And honestly, the root of it's all pride. Because I can't actually meet your needs anyway. I just lead you to the person that does it. Amen? Chronically late. I'll wear that bad. Well, actually, I won't wear it. Number four, you might be too busy if you find yourself not enjoying the things you should be enjoying, like your children. For instance, if you say to your child this, we're going to the park, get on the slide! Right? You, if you find yourself taking your children to play, we're getting ice cream, pick one! Right? You might be too busy if the things that you should be enjoying, you're not, no, if vacation becomes chaotic and if vacation is no longer fun, it is the place that you can be chronically late on vacation. But if you find yourself yelling and not having fun on vacation, you forgot to enjoy what you're supposed to be enjoying. I recently went on a vacation with my parents. Last week we went to see my, my brother-in-law and my sister who live in Ohio. I drove my parents to Ohio and then I, um, and then we got on a plane and flew to Texas where my brother-in-law had, um, had a trade show and my brother lives close there. And I, so I traveled for an, a, a week, a little over a week with an 80 and an 82-year-old. Can I share something with you? There's nothing fast about either one of them. Either one of them. Liz, we, we, traveled, we traveled in a car and we traveled by plane and the speed is the same. They, they stop at they stop to stop. They stop every child that walks by. Oh, Jesse, isn't that cute? Then they stop. They we, we were in a hotel that had lots of floral arrangements and gorgeous, gorgeous flowers that were all um, natural. And every there was five bajillion blooms in that place, and they looked at every single one of them. There's nothing in a hurry. And you know what I think is interesting to me? What is interesting to me is that they're 80 and 82, and they realize that their span of their life is shorter, so they're going to enjoy the things that they're meant to be enjoyed. And I had to travel with them. So guess what? I had to learn to enjoy it too. Or be frustrated. 
I chose for their pace. It was a good practice for the teaching. Number five, you might be too busy if you're neglecting important relationships. If the people that you love the most, if the people that are in your life that God's placed in there, not just your family, I mean, yes, your, your husband and your children, but if the sphere of influence that God has put in your life and you know their divine connections, if you're too busy to, to, to take from those relationships, when was the last time you sat down with somebody and said, hey, man, how are you doing? How, how's your soul today? When was the last time somebody asked you how your soul was? How's your mind, will, and emotions, man? How are you functioning? How's your marriage? Man, how's that going? How are you treating your kids? If you haven't had time for that, you're too busy. Number six, you're too busy if you're neglecting your relationship with God. And that includes a couple things. And that means church attendance. Not that church, not that God is in these four walls, but guess what? The corporate anointing is here. The equipping is here. The word is being taught here. The Bible esteems church attendance because guess what? It's the, for the equipping of the saints. It's where you go out. It's how you get energized to do the work that you do Monday through Saturday. And when you're too busy for church and Tuesday prayer, it comes every Tuesday. We have Tuesday prayer from 6 to 7. And guess what? If you're too busy for Tuesday prayer, you're too busy. Because God, I'm not going to go into this because I don't have time and I, if, I, if I teach. But I want to let you know something. It's very interesting to me that God created things and on the seventh day he rested. But our work week, begin, our regular calendar week begins with, with, with Sunday being our first day. Which means that even though he rested last, we're to rest first. He created, our calendar schedule starts with Sunday. Which means that this is first place in his mind. We don't work, then rest. We rest, then work. Because that's how I get the plan of God. Community. You're right. I, I, I'm more stirred, more stirred about community than ever. When, man, I'm telling you, when you go through things, these are the people that we do life with. Church attendance is about who you're, who's going to nurture you and help you and grow you. Amen? You're too busy. These things are not things that we're going to beat ourselves up over. They are, however, indicators that we could be heading in the wrong direction. A couple of words I want us to look at just for fun. And if you want to keep your own personal tally, just do your little fingers like this. No one will be looking. How many of us have used these words before about our own selves or our own lives? If someone ever asks you how you are, you might say, I'm very busy. You might say, I'm super distracted. I'm very worried. I'm bothered and anxious and feeling life is unfair. I'm upset over all the details of my life and exasperated. Troubled and pulled away by distractions. Abandoned. I find myself fussing far too much and I find myself worked up over really nothing. It's funny. These are all words that Martha used about herself. And that Jesus used to describe Martha. Ironically, if you look back in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, I want you to see this. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, the very first verse that we read, it says this. As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. And a woman by the name of... A woman by the name of... 
welcomed him in and made him feel quite at home. Like Martha, maybe that's what we do. We welcome Jesus into our lives and then forget the very reason we brought him in. How interesting. Jesus come in, there's the welcome mat, just stay put. I wonder how many of us have invited Jesus into our lives, but he hasn't invaded the rooms of our lives. He hasn't invaded the anxiousness. He hasn't invaded the worry. He hasn't invaded the fear. He hasn't invaded the overwhelmingness. He hasn't invaded the troublesome. He hasn't invaded, because we've just left him at the welcome mat. We were just saying, just stay there. I've got a lot of other things to handle. I don't want to be bothered. I don't have time to actually find out why it is that you're even in there. What I love, listen to me, and I don't want Jesus to have a dirty bathroom. We're not talking about not meal preparation, but guess what? I feel like Martha could have thrown a, thrown a stofers in instead of rolling out her own pasta. And so many of us in our lives, we're turning something that should be simple into more work. And guess what? We're missing the very reason we're doing what we're doing. Um, I want, if this is probably in your notes on your app. If it's not, you should write it down. When you lose your why, you lose your way. When you lose your why, if you're doing things and you're saying, why am I doing this? Listen, you have lost your way. Gee, Mary, Martha forgot the very reason she invited him in. And Mary realized there's something that I need to get at the feet of Jesus. And if I don't get it, there's no sense in inviting him in if you're not going to enjoy the company. If I go to someone's house, I don't want them to spend their entire time in the kitchen. I want to be visited. Levi Lusco said this in a recent sermon I heard. I loved it. He said, if the things we're doing for God aren't fueled by the time we spend with God, we'll begin to act like God. If the things we're doing for God aren't fueled by the time we spend with God, we will begin to act like God. There's a vast difference from my will be done and thy will be done. There's a huge chasm in there. And many of us are deciding my will be done. I'm praying for your blessing on my plans. And the Bible says that he says, I know all the plans that I have for you. And they're of good and not for evil. So if things are happening in your life and it's chaotic and it's troublesome, I wonder if maybe the plans that you're walking out aren't his plans but your plans. Martha wanted to tell Jesus what to do. And Mary wanted to listen to what Jesus was doing. I find this my own self. In those 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes in the morning. I find in the reading of his word and in his presence, I find direction and instruction and correction. I'm not a very pleasant person without the impact of the Holy Spirit in my life because my flesh is cranky. Anybody else? But the word and it's instruction in God. Listen, I get to hear things that only he wants to speak to me. Because the word is personal. And he will speak to you through it. I want to read you this portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 in the message translation. I love this verse. It says, 
Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me and get away with me. And I'll, I love this word. I'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me with me which tells me that there is work and watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace and I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly walk with me work with me keep company with me don't just invite me and keep me at the door you know last week as I mentioned previously I had the privilege of going to Texas and spending some time and we were in a hotel and the hotel had um, these things called anybody ever done an escape room has anybody else done an escape room if you have raise your hand at me I had never done an escape room and um, my um, niece um, she has two sons um, one's 15 and one's 13 and so they had wanted to do the escape room and so I had never done one so I was super excited and the, the escape room only had you had 20 minutes to get out of the room and so we went in, and you know when you're excited and nervous all at the same time, and so we went in, and there's a pre-video that kind of tells you a little bit about the escape room, and it gives you some instructions, and you're kind of, it helps you with your first clue. And one of the things that just stuck out to me when the video was going on is, she, is the lady said, she said, be careful of clues that really aren't clues, they're just distractions. They're just distractions. I wonder, this is what the guy said when we finished up, by the way, um, my group, we hit the record time of all summer. Okay. Um, the interesting thing that the guy said, that the guy said, he said, I've seen groups of people spend five to seven minutes on a clue that wasn't even a clue. That's a quarter of their time. I wonder if we spend a quarter of our life on things that God never intended for us to do. The interesting thing about the clues are they weren't bad, they just weren't relevant. They just weren't relevant. And God is very relevant. He's, listen to me, God is not vague, he is strategic. And the time we live on this earth is very short. He's not just twiddling his thumbs thinking, have a good time. He is up in heaven charting our path for his glory, for his purpose. He, we are on a mission for a mission for him. This is not ring around the posy, rosy, one of the two. Not that we're not supposed to enjoy life because we are supposed to enjoy it, but the thing is, is we have to be after the master. I wrote this down, came to my heart yesterday. It says, I wonder if we might find ourselves in the same place at times, spending far too much time and energy on a distraction instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to direct our action that leads us to true satisfaction. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to live my life secretly being jealous of yours. And I'm not going to get bored in life with the basics. I'm just not going to. I know that there's repetition in serving God. I know it's like I get up and read the word and, and kind of kind of get let the Holy Spirit talk. I know that there's some rep. I know church comes every, every week. I, I know. It but there's something about the ingrainedness of repetition that just creates a solidifies the work of God in us. And I want to give you guys these. I want to leave them with you this morning. I want to leave them with you this morning. I want you to remember this. I'll see if I can make it stay. 
peace. I'm going to pace myself. P, I'm going to be present in the present. I'm going to be present. Man, I got to work on this. Just me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. When you're talking to me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to you. If you're talking to me, then you're the most important person, not another text. And if you're on the phone while you're bathing your kids, you ought to get off and just bathe your babies and just speak the word over them and love on them. I know Mackenzie. She nurses Cedar. And the funny thing is, is she said, I think Cedar gets his feelings hurt when I'm nursing him and I don't pay attention to him. It's almost like he stops nursing until she acknowledges him. Because he wants her just to look at him. I'm going to be present. I have to apologize to my husband. Listen, there are times where he's talking to me and I'm doing 20 things. And I like the idea of being a multitasker. I just don't know that it's truthful. I could be self-deceived. Present in the present. I'm going to be aware. of the distractions of the enemy and the busyness. If someone comes up to you and you say, I'm too busy or I'm so busy, you need to check yourself because you're in pride because you made your schedule. And the enemy wants to deceive you into thinking that that's the path and the pace for your life. But the Holy Spirit wants to make you aware I'm going to be Christ-centered. I'm going to only do what my father tells me to do. Jesus said, I live on this earth and I do what he does, tells me to do. All the things, here's the thing, even natural things can be Christ-centered if you've got an unction from the Holy One. Because he puts people in your path that he wants to know him. And he wants you to show the goodness of God. But not everything is what he's called you to do. And be Christ-centered. Be. I'm going to be an example to my kids, to my grandkids, to my spouse, to my coworkers. When I see them tomorrow and they say, how was your weekend? Oh, jam-packed. <laughs> Gosh, crazy. Really? Who made it that way? Because your weekend wasn't any more important than mine. I just decided to slow down and take a bike ride. Stop and get Superman ice cream. Amen? Be an example to my kids. If your kids act all freaked out and frenzied, do you know where they learned that from? You. Do we pass down the good stuff and the bad stuff? Stop. Let the first thing your kids see you is see you in the Word in the morning. 
man, when they wake up, even if you're already a been in the word, and I just want to let you know as I'm telling you, don't forget your lunch. It's what God said about you this morning. You know how I got it. At his feet. I'm not too busy to hear. Because I'm leading our family. And the things in the goodness of God. And be an example. I'm going to leave you with this scripture. Matthew 8. I'm sorry, Matthew 6. 34. I love this. Give your entire attention. To what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time.